What up, what up, what up, though? Ball Hawk Show. What up, what up, what up, though? Ball Hawk Show. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. Brick layers and ball shorts. Coaching from the side of the ball court. If you know, you know. One stop like a Walmart. We got the tennis balls for the wrong sport. If you know, you know. If you know about the carport, the trap door supposed to be awkward. If you know, you know. That's the reason we ball for Circle round twice for the encore If you know, you know What up, what up, what up, what up, though? Welcome to the Ball Hawk Show Podcast I'm your host, Amar Hawkins Appreciate you taking time out today to listen to the latest episode of the show Before we get started, make sure you subscribe to the Ball Hawk Show Podcast Available on Anchor.fm, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, uh, Podbean, Blog Talk Radio Various podcast platforms. Make sure you subscribe and go to sthujuice.com for all your shut the hell up juice apparel. Go get that new Petty Hawk hoodie. So today, man, we going to Who's on the Line. I got a special guest episode and I'm not going to reveal it until you hear who comes on the line. So stay tuned for the next edition of Who's on the Line. It's the Ball Hawk Show. Let's go. What up, what up? Who's on the line? Another episode. And in the first edition in 2020, I got my guy, Mr. Bryce Hall himself, the All-American. Bryce, man, what's going on with you, brother? (laughs) What's happening, OG? Hey, man, it's you, bro. So, you know, I love doing these one-on-one interviews with with players. Because, well, Mm -hmm. you're a former player now. If you don't yeah. know, so you're OG like myself. So when you go back and you talk to Nick and those guys, you're going to be the OG. So yeah. how does that feel, man? It's wild, man. Honestly, like, them four years, it, it, they flew. And uh, it's funny because it's like, even though, like, I'm, I've am i spent, like, four years going through the whole, you know, process and thing at, at UVA, mm-hmm. um, it really doesn't seem like that too long, like, that much long ago when I was just stepping foot on campus, even though like a lot, a lot has happened. Yeah. Um, man, this time it, it really flies by. Yeah, man. So that's what I wanted to talk about because a lot of folks know of Bryce once he became a guy that was on a big stage, you know, once you became an all American, yeah. but what I want to do is I want to start from the beginning back in Pennsylvania where you was at yeah. Bishop, you know, w- when did you feel like, football was going to be that vehicle to earn you a free education and, and continue that dream yeah. to continue to compete. Yeah. Um, so for people that don't know, um, I actually quit football after my sophomore year of high school. Um, yeah. So I was, I really wanted to focus on basketball. I thought, you know, in, especially in my area, um, a lot, not a lot of people made it out for basketball. It was extremely hard, and as you know, like there's a lot less scholarship basketball. Yeah. And so my thinking was like, man, I was like torn between football and basketball. I, you know, I was probably better at football, but my heart, I felt like it was just like in basketball. Mm. And so I knew if I wanted to do basketball, I was gonna have to go all in for it. So I cut out football. I told the coaches, you know, all that. I was like, I'm, I'm quitting football. I want to focus on basketball. And so that whole 
spring and summer really I was just like in the gym working for basketball trying to you know make that thing work mm -hmm. I was watching videos you know I had my I'm watching Kobe and it, getting inspired and all that other stuff and figuring out you know how can I really do this thing and um it got to the point it's crazy like my a week before my junior season started because like as the, towards the end of my sophomore year I played and I was starting to get looked at by schools mm. and um towards the like a week before my junior year started I was like I went to um, a scrimmage a football scrimmage and at that point in my basketball things hadn't really like in my basketball career things hadn't really turned out the way I had thought it would yeah um and it was really becoming less of a joy for me and more of like a, a pressure and more of a burden because I was putting so much pressure on myself to get, you know, a scholarship and do all this thing, you know, because I sacrificed a lot. And it just kind of wasn't turning out the way I thought it was going to turn out. And so a week before the season started, I went to a scrimmage game. Mm. And in the scrimmage game, I was just, I like, I had a change of heart. And I came to this real realization, like, there's no way I can give up football, man. I just miss being out there with the guys. I miss just, you know, everything. And, and and I felt like in my heart, I was like, you know, if I transferred this work ethic that I had put in basketball into football, mm -hmm. that's when I was like, okay, I can do something special because I'm probably already like naturally better at it and there's more opportunity. And so I called up the coach I was like, coach, you know, I had to change the heart. Can I join, please? And he <laughs> let me back on the team. I had to wear number 82 because it was like one of the only jerseys left. Um, previously, I had worn number one that year. and Then I went from one to 82. Mm -hmm. And so I really, from that point on, I kind of had to, to gain all the schools like that were recruiting me, like their interest back. And so at that point, I was like, okay, I can do something special. And I believe in myself. Like, if I transfer this work ethic, mm -hmm. I can absolutely do something special in football. So did anybody have a conversation with you? Because, you know, a lot of times here in Charlottesville area, when I'm talking to a lot of guys in high school, when I go talk to their teams and um, I have their father say, my son plays football and basketball, can you give him some guidance? The first thing I usually do is I look at their size and I usually tell them, you know, looking at you, you're what, six one, six two, And I always say, at that size in basketball, you're average or below average. You're going to have to be a point guard. You have to be special. But in football, yeah. you're actually the top of the food chain just off measurables alone, whether you, you know, yeah. you're playing receiver or defensive back. So did anybody have that type of conversation with you or it kind of, you, you kind of realize, like, at my size, I can be, you know, unique in football versus in basketball? Yeah. Honestly, like, when I joined, though, like, I had no idea I'd end up playing defensive back because I played receiver all throughout high school so I was just kind of like I thought like and yeah that's the thing like in basketball I was like you know average size but in football like I was the perfect size mm -hmm. you know so that nobody really like I didn't really have that conversation with anybody but like there were always there were like people that was like you know obviously there are people that was like you know like just kind of like challenging me like you know maybe you shouldn't give up football like you were doing really good and you're you know you got good size and all that stuff but at the end of the day it was really kind of my decision um more so than anybody else that had like trying to told me and thought that you know yeah. kind of had presented that thing to me 
So for the folks who don't know, Bryce was a receiver in high school. So he talked about, you know, basically quitting his sophomore season and then coming back. So basically your junior senior year, you had 2,386 yards, 137 receptions, and 35 touchdowns. Mm. God, did you know that? Did you did you know your numbers? Because I I know you, so I already know the answer. But go ahead and answer. Did you know the numbers? I did not know my my numbers for the last two years. I know last my senior year, I had I had a rough idea what I what my numbers were though. You had fourteen touchdowns, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I mean, yep. that's what I do, man. You know, I I'll make sure I know about you guys because this this is the fun part for me. So, with those numbers, what were some of the schools who recruited you? Just so the fans know. The only the bit the best school that was that offered me was the University of Virginia. Wow, that amazed me when I saw those numbers: twenty three hundred yards, one hundred thirty seven receptions, and thirty five touchdowns, basically in two years. And you were rated as a two star athlete, and I'm yeah. just like. This is crazy. So we so we fast forward. You go through the recruiting trail. Mike London is recruiting you to come to Virginia. You come to now before you sign your national letter of intent. Was Mike already relieved of, of duties and Coach Bronco came in, or did you already sign and then Bronco came in? Yes, um, Bronco was the new coach at that time when I signed. I remember um, when we commit when I like when I verbally committed. Um, we had like a, we had a group message um, like from my class okay. coming class and I remember a bunch of us talking in the group message like yeah yeah like we're gonna we're gonna stick with this new coach because we were there for the whole we saw the whole season unfold and then Mike London got fired and we we're just like it was a bunch of us that was like you know we're just gonna stick it out this might be something better in the end mm. you know yeah. and for me I was like no question I'm sticking it out I don't really got no other choice to go but like I felt like there was gonna be something better to come so there was a bunch of us that was like yeah let's stick it out let's 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 you know stay true to Virginia so when you get to Virginia and coach give you the earn not giving speech you're giving all white uh, workout apparel. Nothing has Virginia on there. What was that feeling like? Honestly, I I liked it. Oh. I, for me personally, I like I when I was listening to him and I heard him, I, I was I was getting excited because for me, I mean, like I wasn't the highly recruited anyway. Okay, so like that was like for me, like he was all he was like what I really like appreciated because it was like you were going to have to earn by your commitment your hard work your dedication everything that you got here mm -hmm. and so there wasn't going to be like no favorites or different things like that and i felt like i was coming in and nobody really knew who i was anyway mm -hmm. so i was really i was really just so hungry when i first got there and so um i loved that and i had no idea what that really meant because yeah. i don't think you can and he pushed me behind my limits of what I thought hard work was, but man, I, I I really you know I respected that when he was when like that about him because in my mind I thought I knew what hard work was and I was gonna come in and get to work even though I didn't really yeah but still like it, it, it ended up being the best thing for me 
So I was like, I was like, let's go, let's do this thing. <laughs> you a lunatic <laughs> though, so that's why I knew what the answer would <laughs> yeah. be. Just knowing you, doing like you love challenges, and that takes me to my next question: How many practices did you actually line up at receiver, or did they did you get switched to defensive back before you even practiced? Zero. Yeah, when they the new coaching staff came in, they, they before I even got there, there was like, yeah, we're gonna. We're gonna switch you to defense and have you play corner. Mm. What was your mindset like? What like? Because how much yeah. defense did you play in high school? Mm, I, like my senior year, I went up to the coach and I'm like, Coach, like I want to win, you know, a championship. So like, let me help out on defense. Mm-hmm. Like that'll do it because I knew we weren't that strong at uh, at DB. So like, I play, I would go in on like passing situations. Okay, I had no idea what I was doing. I was just being <laughs> an athlete. I was lining up in no man's land and just doing whatever. So I don't even know if you can really count that. But um, so that was the only real experience I had um, of playing DB previously. But then, you know, you come in your first year here, you basically start, I think, seven or 12 games. Your first, Like what what happened for, as far as did an injury take place? Was the Duke game your first game starting, or what? That was the first yes, game people that was, noticed you. That was the first game I I I didn't even start that game. That was wow. I came in on like the fourth or fifth series. Yeah, and they tried to throw deep, and you got your first pick. They tried to deep pass, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, the first pick was off a of blitz. Okay. And then the second pick was off of the deep pass. All right. So the first was off the blitz. Okay. Is that is that a uh, yeah, because you were triggering. Was that when you were triggering and you picked it off? Yeah, I was on. I was going on the corner blitz. Yeah, yeah. that's crazy. So that's when you like. So that's when you jumped out to me, and I was like, okay, that's the young boy that that came from came from Pennsylvania. Boom, you know what I'm saying? Because I knew, of course, I knew about Quinn, and then I remember Juan having to switch to corner, and then you started playing corner as you know corner as well. So how was that first season with you just uh, meeting Quinn, learning under Quinn, and then you got Juan there and Coach Nick Howell as as well? How was it being just in that meeting room? Oh, man. Uh, it was intimidating, honestly, when yeah. I first got there. <laughs> when I first got there. Was uh, Quinn Coach a bully? Was, <laughs> it wasn't. He wasn't a bully. <laughs> he was just Quinn. So, like, I had thoughts in my head, like, oh, like, you know, I was just like, he's Quinn and he's done, like, he's a great player. And I was just kind of like shy at first. He feisty him, too. But like, he talked yeah. real spicy. Yeah, he he, <laughs> he 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 used to get after me my first year. But he was he was a cool dude, man. And, and the thing I really took note of him was how smart he was. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't the best athlete, but he made up with it with his you know football intelligence. Yes. And so like that's one thing I realized, you know. You can make up for a lot of things with just like your football intelligence, and so that I mean that encouraged me a little bit because I wasn't a good athlete when I first got there, mm-hmm. and um, so like that's what I tried to like hang my hat on because I was at a little bit of different disadvantage physically in my body and then like athletically until I was able to catch up. I had to really, really, really try and put an extra, you know, in the film room and then after practice to learn some techniques things like that so, so i think that helped me but so, um yeah when i first got there coach howell talked really fast and it was <laughs> like uh how do i explain it it's like you know like a um like a fire hydrant when it's spewing out water yeah you got like 
the only thing you could do is like you could just like catch the little droplets because everything like so much information getting shot out at you. Wow. So like that was like it was it was a lot, but man, it like that's when um that's where my brother like Nick and like me, Nick and Chris, like we like got tight. Uh-huh. It's because we had we had to come together and like learn the stuff and like sit in the playbook and figure things out or else we were going to be way behind. And I remember I just wanted to, you know, I didn't want to be out there with like a chicken with my head cut off. So, you know, that, that's what helped me. And then, you know, make the, make the, um, try to kind of slow the game down a little bit, but it was still like coming in first year. There's a lot of information getting spit out at you. Yes, it is. It was a lot. Yes. So, you know, this summer we joked, right? Because we, 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 we worked out this summer and Nick was a part of it. Heskin was a part of it. Carrie was a part of it. Chris. Remember we were joking about Nick and his lack of ability to backpedal. How was your backpedal those first couple of practices? Yeah. Oh, man. My backpedal was actually, it was decent. Okay. I'm not even going to lie. Because, <laughs> like, I remember just, like, because I would practice. I would practice. I remember when, well, when. It's because, like, when they told me I was going to play defense, I was like, all right, I ain't about to go in there, like, not knowing anything. So, like, I would, like, I'd even just work at my high school, like, before school would start. I'd go in and, like, just do simple drills that, um, I don't know if you've heard a prime example before. Yeah. But, like, one of my one of my uh, good friends, his dad, mm-hmm. he was a high school coach at a high school that was, like, one of our, like, that we played every year. And, um he was like good friends with the guys who ran prime example. So we used to go up there a little bit, but I would just kind of do little drills like before school back in high school to help with like that back type of stuff. So I wasn't terrible, yeah. but like when we got into the games, I couldn't, I didn't know how to play off coverage my freshman year because I was getting roasted. <laughs> and so it took me, it took me like almost like within like four to like the last three games, three four games of the season i learned how to play off coverage yeah but yeah you can pedal and all that stuff but that's yeah then it comes like actually putting it to a game repetition yeah no because i remember watching you so i remember watching your first year i understood you would be raw then i remember your second year i don't know if you remember it was a home game and you were in warm-ups and my first time of talking to you i was like a young a a hall make sure you don't get caught sitting too much because you would be square and you wouldn't really have a read pedal. It's like you would be flat-footed and then you would try to pedal once they've gotten up like two or three yards. I remember I was just like, hey, man, make sure you get out the hole. Don't just wait because... This was first year or second year? This is second year. This is the middle of the second. I think y'all was playing... I want to say the second year Duke. That was a Duke game because Quinn had to pick six that game. That was my first time... I think I said something to you, and I remember you was looking at me like, "Yo, who is this dude? Like, how did he get on the field? What what is he talking about?" Because I knew you guys knew uh, Cove, but I wasn't. I didn't really come around everybody. I knew Quinn a lot. Um, yeah, and that's when I showed you the photo of Quinn. You and Quinn with my daughter after the Planet of the Apes, and I said I thought it was ironic because when I looked at the photo, I was like, "Wait a minute, that's Bryce with Quinn." So yeah, you know what I'm saying. So it was funny how the, the Lord works, but. Once you started, when, when did you really start getting comfortable and playing off man and the game started slowing down for you? Um, 
I think it when it, when when I really started getting comfortable, I would say like I learned I learned how to do it towards the end of my first year. Mm-hmm. Second year, we didn't we didn't play much off. Yeah, I to agree. be honest, like we were playing a lot of press. Yeah, like the second half of the year, we would play a little. We played a little bit more off, but uh, we played a lot of press. So like third year, we played like a good good mix of both. So I'll say third year, I really got confident yeah. in, in off coverage. Agreed. Yep. Now I agree with you, man. I you know, and a lot of folks. So for the folks who been you know been paying attention to you, they understand your third year was a special season because Juan moves back to safety. He's playing the saber position, and then all of a sudden you just break out like. Nobody could foresee the type of season you would have because everybody was focused on Juan. Because, you know, Juan the season before and what he did and then his transition to safety, his natural position. But you have this breakout year where you're getting your hands on the ball a lot. And I know as a DB, you don't want a bunch of PBUs. You want more picks, but you were always Johnny on the spot. Um, you're going against big time receiver, the, the kid that played for NC State that's in the NFL right now. Like, you were going against top guys, and before you know it, you're leading the country in pass breakups, man. So, at the end of that year, the question everybody wants you to answer is how long did it take for you to say, you know what, I'm coming back? Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, I think it was around. It was around the North Carolina game where it was starting to come up. Like you gotta, you know. Yeah. Okay. Like after that game, I was like, you "Okay, gotta pick like that game. this is you gotta." Yeah, you gotta. I, it was like I was like, "Okay, I gotta figure out what I'm about to do." Like, there's an opportunity, <laughs> and honestly, like this is where like I didn't really know because you know this is thing. Like sometimes we think we know what what's best for us, but in actuality don't mm-hmm. and so this is where like my faith came into play and um i i prayed on it i i asked god just pray like out in the open like i remember i sit in my car one day i'm like you know god what is it you want me to do like if should i go like i'll go but if you want me to come back and there's something more that you have for me mm-hmm. like okay like just show me that let me know that and um i it felt i felt on my heart he was it was like he was saying come back like Mm. There's more for you. There's more for you that I want you to do. Um, and there's more that I just kind of want to work out and develop in you. Yeah. And uh, it got confirmed to me as I started speaking to, as I started gaining, you know, wise counsel. Mm. Um, one of the, there was like, there was a verse that I was like, they, that, that like came to my mind as going through the process and said like, you know, with or plans succeed with many counselors. So I was talking to Coach Mendenhall. You know, obviously I talked to my dad, mm-hmm. and um, you know, even you know, just even like Pat Hickmick and other things. And um, we kind of came to the conclusion, like you know, even talking with Coach, um, that I think it would would have been best for me to come back. Mm-hmm. Not to say, not that I wouldn't have been able to go and make it different than play in the NFL that year. Yeah. I felt like I wanted to finish what I started. And at the same time, knowing what I had, you know, knowing what I was going to get, go to eventually pre- taking a year and just preparing with that in mind mm. to, you know, be ready for that. 
And so honestly, like I, I'm, I'm think people, a lot of people ask me, you know, even though your injury, you wish you still would have. No, like I wouldn't change a thing. I learned so much through this whole, this past year that I may have never been able to, you know, figure, to learn myself. Uh, like had I gone a different route and I don't believe God makes any mistakes. He's the one that told me to come back. And mm. so I'm fully, I fully believe that was the right decision for me and I'm, and I'm thankful for it. And uh, my, I'm optimistic, you know, maybe yeah. like I go to a team where it's like it was the perfect fit for me, a good system mm-hmm. rather than, you know, maybe go even earlier and go to a team where it's like maybe it's not the best situation environment. So, like, I, I think about all those things and uh, that that's kind of my spin and my take on it. Wow. So that's powerful. So you said a lot of information that we're going to go ahead and unpack. So first of all. You doing? You talked about God, your walk, and your belief in He's never wrong. So when we go to the yeah. to the game versus Miami, um, yeah, and the injury takes place, yeah, what's the first thing that pops in your head once you realize your ankle is like you're in a lot? I don't know if it's a lot of pain, but you know something's yeah. not right. What comes yeah. to your mind? You know, just and take the people into what came into Bryce Hall's mind. Okay, um, well at the first. This episode is brought to you by Carvana. Carvana is in the business of driving you happy. And with the widest selection of used cars under $20,000, you're bound to find a car that'll put a smile on your face. They even offer customizable financing so you can plan your down and monthly payments. To shop thousands of affordable vehicles 100% online, download the app or visit Carvana.com. Availability may vary by market. First, when it happened and um, I was sitting there, I saw it. And I was like, yeah, I know, like, I know that, like, that's bad. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people rush on the field. And I remember um, I was, I was pretty, it's crazy, like, in, in crazy situations, for some reason, like, I tried to remain calm because worrying, I feel like this does nothing. And I remember thinking in my, in my head, like, okay, like, you have to be strong, not just for you, but for, the people who are like watching you and who, the people who you know you do this for mm-hmm. and I remember thinking that and so um, I remember co- like the coaches and everybody that were coming over and you know players were upset mm-hmm. and I remember just you know just talking to them and saying to them like it's going to be okay and I felt, and I believe that in my head um, but the but here's the crazy there's a crazy story okay. honestly um the night before the game happened it was almost like god had prepared me for what i was gonna endure not that like he caused it to happen but i believe you know he allowed certain things he, he's not surprised by things that happen you felt like and he so was gonna night, be called upon in some shape yeah. or fashion sorry so the night before the game my friend sends me something that's he sends me a podcast and the podcast is called don't waste your pain right mm. by um his, his name is rich wilkerson okay he's out in miami and um one of the three things he the, the three points from the podcast was saying like the purpose that is giving purpose to it like painful situation whenever you go to the rough time it says like pain does three things it purifies your priorities meaning like you realize what is important yes after you go through that you understand what's important to you the second is it it builds your capacity meaning like afterward you go through certain situations you become stronger and more resilient from them and then the third one was it 
it increases your empathy meaning like you can relate and help others going through similar circumstances and situations mm. and i remember i was listening to that i'm read, i'm right i wrote like pages and pages of notes i'm like eating it up i'm like oh that's good <laughs> and then uh you know the next night that happens and i remember just like even like getting home on the flight and i'm thinking okay like what are you like just asking just thinking like what are you trying to what is your purpose in all this what is it like i i'm I, not that i would of course like i was i was frustrated i was confused i was upset mm-hmm. but at the same time it was like okay like that wasn't a coincidence and what it like what are you trying to get out of this mm. you know and so like i really just am thankful for that because it helped keep me i think had i not like gotten that experienced that before you know who knows where my head would have been and you know at the time but i felt like that gave me a little bit of peace going through that situation wow so i'm gonna ask you this question then so just say you would have <coughs> left last year but the same injury would have took place in the NFL. Do you feel like you've yeah. been as prepared mentally and spiritually for this injury? I I don't know that I would have. Honestly, okay. I don't I don't know. You know, but uh, it's hard to say that. Mm-hmm. And um, I I feel like it would it might have been a lot harder. But I you know ultimately you know I don't know. I feel like. I guess it, I, it's hard to say that. I guess know? the reason why I, I asked you that is because. <laughs> And it's a transition us to the professionals, you know, side of the sport that you're 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 uh, gearing up for is because, like you said, in, in college, college is a it's a family feel. You know what I'm saying? Because everybody yeah. has a common goal. Um, yeah, you're a student athlete, so the student comes first. So you, you have a camaraderie as far as going to class and spending so much time with each other. Versus in the pros, it's a business. You're going to see yeah. in the locker room a lot of guys just going to disperse once they get out of the locker room you know what i'm saying because money is involved brands are involved people got so many business ventures and me personally um i just feel like when you get hurt in the pros it's i mean now granted you would have been a top pick so you're an investment so as far as rehab and that type of situation you would have been cared for but as far as the family field of you know players like nick um you know, still being around you, how the coaches wanted you to be a part of the games and travel. I remember the North Carolina game where you traveled and being on yeah. the sideline with the scooter. I just felt like you became just that calming factor that, yo, how can we sulk when he's not sulking? It was the same thing with Anthony Poindexter. He got hurt versus NC State in 1998. When he came back, he was going to be a first-round pick, tore up every ligament in his knee. And I just remember – he just telling us, like, how are you feeling sorry for me? And I'm not feeling sorry. And you just remind me of that with just a hu- human buoy story. It just it mm. epitomized, like, yo, you can't sulk if the guy that got hurt is not sulking, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, they, you know, they told, and forget who was that told me about Anthony Poindex's story. And I thought that was really cool. He sounded like, you know, an awesome dude. Yeah, man, he he was a great dude, bro. And um, you know, I told you about my story of tearing my ligament my first year. I did see, I, my injury happened early, even though when you look, when I look back on it, it was devastated because I had to learn how to walk and gain my speed back. And off the air, the first thing I asked you was, "How does your calf muscle look?" Because I went through that process. So, 
you know, when you got injured, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you got injured, I had just had my wisdom tooth move surgery, so I didn't make the trip to Miami. I just remember waking up, and I had like so many notifications, so many text messages, and everybody like, "How's Bryce? How's Bryce?" And I'm like, "What are they talking about?" And I remember yeah. that morning when I reviewed the film and I saw it, and my first thought was, "I'm not going to contact him for a couple of days because I know how it is." And I just yeah. remember when I first, te- you know, when I finally text you. And I was like, you good? And you was like, man, I'm I'm great. And I was just like, yo, he different. Like, yo, you always amaze me with just your mindset. Like, even when we first talked, when it was at Georgia Tech game, we finally got to break bread to just learn you the story. Um, it was just something about you where I knew you were different. So I wasn't worried about you in the injury, but I just wanted to check up on you. So we fast no. forward, though, the rehab process right now, because I want to, you know, I know you're working on the stuff, but... As far as the rehab process, you're walking right now, right? Like yeah. no boot or anything. How is how has that been going since you graduated yeah. in December? Yeah. Man, it, it's it's been it's been a slow process, but you know, it's it's almost like uh, how to explain it. It's almost like losing weight. Hmm. Kind of like you, you got a goal that you're trying to get to and um, you know, you're always testing, checking in, see how I'm doing doing different things, looking at the thing and um, trying to, you know, get that right. And so for me, like this, this process, mm-hmm. it's been a good one, but, you know, it's just been a slow, you know, real slow intentional recovery process that I'm realizing, you know, it's going to take some time. Okay. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm one who's like, I'm going to do all this stuff, you know, try and get that fast as possible and all that stuff. And, but like, you know, one of the things that's awesome down here is we got a great PT staff and there's like about three guys like, you know, working with me. And so like, man, they, you know, something cool that they told me just like a couple, like about an hour ago was just like, you know, you know, as they were, you know, kind of working and helping me, there's a, they were just saying like, you know, let us do the worrying. We're constantly thinking about ways we can help and, you know, transition this thing forward Mm -hmm. just continue to trust the process and that's what i've been um, really doing down here i've been able to lift upper body Mm -hmm. you know i've been able to you know since i'm not you know working with my ankle or like doing any running and movement stuff uh just trying to like sharpen up on like my board work and you know the film stuff so you know to prepare for interviews and the combine and all that stuff but it's a slow process. Every week, I'm getting better. I'm getting more mobility, range of motion, more strength. My calf muscle is finally back to normal <laughs> because I, it looked like a chicken a chicken leg at one point. I know the feeling. So that's encouraging. So yeah. So so where are you located right now? Where 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 are you rehabbing? What's the name of the facility so we could get them there? Proper shout out. Yeah, it's called Exo. It's it's Exos. In Gulf Breeze, Florida. Okay. Ooh, you down in the good weather. And yeah, and if the folks don't know, who is your representation right now? Who did you sign <laughs> with? Let the people know. <laughs> I'm with Demarius Bilbo from Clutch Sports. Mm, Clutch Sports. Who does Clutch Sports? Uh, who they represent, man? What's a big name? Uh, you may have heard him, but his name's LeBron. Oh man, have you have you <laughs> met LeBron yet? You got any LeBrons? In the I will mail? in the future. Ooh. <laughs> I hope to. You you talk to Rich Paul and him. You gonna be on the shop? 
Sheesh. That, that's down the road, man. Oh, that's man. down the road. I hope to. Man, I, I got so hyped when I saw that post. I said, yo, wait a minute. Wait a minute. My dog didn't sound with clutch. Oh, yeah. I need some LeBron's ASAP. Just one. <laughs> how was that process, though, man? Like, you know, how, how what does it feel like when you got these... Uh, these big agencies courting you, you know what I'm saying, trying to woo you. Yeah. Because you were a two-star guy, and like you said, it was basically one big school um, as far as the worldly view, which is UVA look at you, even though you had other schools offer you. But how did it feel from being offered by essentially one big school in the eyes of the media to being heavily courted because of your ability to play football? Yeah. Bro, it's 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 crazy, you know, what this, <laughs> what this game will – like where this game will take you and like who the opportunities that opens up. Like I'm ex- I'm like literally the same person, you know, just still in awe of like some of the things that like the doors that have been open and the, and the, the opportunities that come my way. Mm-hmm. So it's extremely just like humbling. And then also just like some of the like big names, like even like David Mugetta, like you see, like he's represented by like, you know, Jalen Ramsey, Deshaun Watson, mm. you know, all them dudes and just like he reaching out to me i'm like bro wow. that is that's cool like that's what's up um but then you know at the same at the same time the the, the process you kind of you know this is where discernment comes in because like a, you know Please. a lot of agents are, are very much the same and yeah. to like the service they can provide and different things like that it's really kind of about like who like you your relationship is who do you trust and mm-hmm. who do you feel like you know is, is you know best fit for you yeah and um the guy who i'm with man I, I really like his approach and the way he moves because he's all about you know educating the athlete and not just you know throwing up like you know a lot of a lot of guys will you know say like we can do this this and this for you but like not actually educate you and help you as you know from a business perspective perspective and build your own and help you create something that you want to do that will last after football and so this dude that i'm with now he he gets that and and i'm excited for you know the things down store and he's just a good dude man yeah. and so that's one of the reasons why i resonated with him you okay. know have have you made them nervous yet? Because you're not a you're not a diva. You're not a needy guy. You're the introvert DB. You know, like you're the guy that until you know them, they got to pry information and pry words out of you. You've gotten better over the years, and that's because we talk a lot. So you've gotten better. But overall, you've gotten better. But his first couple times, did it did it feel like he had to get you to need something or, or want anything? Because I know you were a breath of fresh air to him. <laughs> Sorry, say that last part again. I said, was it? Was it? Did he? Did he ever make a comment like, "Man, you different. You never want anything." Because a lot of times, man, with these agents, you know, you yeah. sign a guy that's highly titled like you are. They want things. They want advance. They want to get some jewelry. They want everything. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, what were yeah, the, yeah. the first conversations like with them? Yeah, I think we we clicked right away. And I think, yeah, he, he definitely hit me with the, you know, you're different, the way you think <laughs> and your approach. And I think that's cool. Um, I remember this one time, I it was funny. Um, my dad, so like my dad's the one, I tell him everything because he's like 
more experience with the business side. Oh, your dad, LeVar Ball? So he's you like, trying to make your dad LeVar Ball? <laughs> no, I'm just messing. Uh, <laughs> bro, he's like the quiet. He's got that, not that mind. He's not, he's not got that mindset, but he's like very like on his game about mm. everything. That's where I get it from, honestly. Like, but he's a quiet, he's a quiet dude, but he's going to like press you with his intelligence. Type yeah. Of dude. But he was like, he was just like negotiating just different things and, and getting things to help me out. And like, whenever I sign with him and I'm like, I, 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 I remember I hit him up. I'm like, bro, like I know my dad can be a lot. You know, if there's anything you feel like is unfair that you, you know, feel like if you're getting shortheaded in any way, I'm like, just let me know. And like, we'll work something out. Cause I feel like, Money is not a problem. Like mm-hmm. I, it's not the highest priority. Okay. And I, I would rather not rep like tarnish a reputation over money. There you go. And I and I and I was talking to him about that, and uh, man, he was just I, he was blown away. And I think I, not even to try and do it on purpose, but I think like that's when we kind of like he knew for real. Like you know, I'm 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 really on this. Like I'm not, I'm not as concerned with the money, but it's like the relationship, and then you know trying to do something. That will even, you know, proceed, you know, time after football. So, and he gets that, and he's got, and I feel the same way about him. Like he's a good dude. So, that was like cool to experience that. So, so speaking of money, what do you think your first purchase will be once the draft is done? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I got idea. I got ideas. Mm. I'm a so like, you know, it's a given that I want to, you know help out help and give back to you know family and all that um if i just for me personally like a personal thing mm-hmm. i'm in i'm into i'm into sweatsuits man and um oh yeah I got you this, are i got this idea man of, of just like <laughs> creating like just maybe having like a brand of or doing something my own okay but I, I just love sweatsuits and just like having a sweatsuit i just have this vision of having a sweatsuit for like any type of occasion Mm. And so maybe maybe somewhere somewhere along the lines of a really nice sweatsuit. So you want your own your own line of of sweats and joggers. Yeah, Yo, the, that would like be dope. the suits to go with it too. Yeah, the sweatsuit. So. And you it, said that to me. Works. You said that to me a couple months ago. I remember you talking about yo man. I just love sweats. Yeah, man, comfy and they look fresh. Ooh, Can't beat that. Change the yeah. game. Make you a sweat suit suit. Yeah, like a, a sweat suit, a sweat suit suit. <laughs> oh yeah, that might that's a different three piece. That, that, that might be out of my league. Sweat that, that suit sounds suit. like something explosive. Yeah, you get on the plane, you got your nice, you know what I'm saying, your nice, <laughs> nice wingtip shoes, but it's a sweat suit suit. It's Ooh. a suit, but it's a sweat suit. Hold on, mm. yeah, I might have to go ahead and write that down. You can have that. that. You know, shut the yeah, hell up, yeah. Juice. We ain't putting that out. You put that out. <laughs> Let's get it, man. So look, man. Couple more, couple more minutes. I know you're a busy, dude. Definitely appreciate your time, brother. Um, one, one fun question: When do you think you're gonna change your phone number because it's blowing up so much right now? <laughs> Say that. When, when am I change my phone number? <laughs> yes, because your phone probably blowing up right now, man. I don't know if I'm gonna change my phone number. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Uh, I might have to stay true to the one I got. 
I'd have had this number since. Just in case I'm old, like. I had this number since 98, so I never changed. I ain't as big as you, but I done had this. My phone number since 1998. It's a long time. For real? Yes, the same number. Sheesh. And I done went to Europe. I done lived in KC, Denver, Michigan, but cell phone carriers, I want this number. I take it with me. Uh, do a lot of people do that? They get new new phone numbers yes, when they, they go I, to the league. Yep, I could. T- I could look. My 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 biggest celebrity friend, Michael Vick, changes his number. Seem like every couple months. Sheesh. And I get a text from just a random number, like lock it in. It's Vick. <laughs> oh man. So they do Sheesh. it. Just get a new. What you do is you get a new phone and keep this phone. You know, you keep. Your your phone number that you had, and then you may buy an additional line and make that, you know, like your business venture phone. Oh, uh, okay, you know okay, okay. Because you know the little people still want to contact you. Know, like you know, Coach Howell yeah. rolled up on you up there. You know, he might want to call you. <laughs> you know, he'll track you down. He showed you that. Yeah, well, I already know that. <laughs> so, last question, man. Um, how is it talking on the phone with Bronco? Talking on the phone? Have you ever talked on the phone with Bronco? Yeah, I have. How was that? <laughs> Man, he he is he's one of those straight shooters. He's a straight shooter. Just a straight so, shooter. You, yeah, he don't really waste too much fluff talk. He, he kind of <laughs> just get to the point. <laughs> but he do got a sense of humor, though. He do got Oh, that. yeah. He, he joked oh, yeah. me a couple times. It surprises me. I'm not going to lie. Oh, oh yeah. He he's he's a big little like goofball outside of outside of football. Yeah, he is, but. man. But look, Bryce, man, that's like forty minutes of interview time right here. Um, anything you want to tell Wahoo Nation, bro? You basically graduated from the great University of Virginia in three and a half years. So yeah. that's an accomplishment of itself. But you know, besides your football prowess, a lot of fans, you know. Wanted to hear from you. Um, they saw on Instagram you was on the beach taking pictures, and they was like, "Oh, the boot's not on." And I'm just like, "Yeah, you've been out the boot for a minute." But um, what's what's you know any last words you have for them as you transition to the professional stage? Man, I just I just want to say thank you to Wahoo uh, Nation, University of Virginia, Charlottesville. I felt like, man, that's the place. Or that took a, a, a boy into a man, mm. you know. I, I grew up there. I feel like I learned so much. I came in kind of all over the place and left, like, with some great, you know, principles and, and things to apply in my life. Mm-hmm. And I'm forever grateful. And there will always, you know, Wahoo Nation, you know, University of Virginia, Charlottesville will always have a special play, place in my heart. And so, I'm man, I... I I always, uh, forever, I'll, I'll, I'll have that. You know, I'll have y'all close to my heart. So just thank you. Mm. Thank you so much. They definitely appreciate you. And, um, oh, one last question before I let you, you know, we stop this recording. Um, how was it watching the Super Bowl knowing Tim was on one side and Juan was on the other? <laughs> <laughs> man, I wish they would have been in the game, man. This wasn't the year for UBA DBs. Oh, but, uh, man, I thought that, that was. Shoot, that was that was cool. That was cool that their first year that they got to experience that. And uh I'm hopeful that's gonna be my first year. Here we go. My mm-hmm. God. Well fans, that was the great Bryce Hogg. 
taking time out of his busy schedule with rehab and training and um, just coming on the platform, man. You know, he, he big time now, so he gave the little people some time. So we definitely appreciate my guy. Nah, nah, but all jokes aside, he's a humble dude. He know how much love I have for him, how proud I am for the man that he is off the field. I never worried about what he did on the field, but just meeting him in person, what you just heard from him is what you're going to get from him if you ever had a chance to talk to him. So, Bryce, we definitely appreciate you, bro. Appreciate you for having me. Always. I want the whole world spin my record. Shero, the hoodie styles, check game, stay free records. Ho! Shorty girl, fed the death in a massaging. Bad news, even be massaging. I got a fitty hip, I be massaging. Pinky rings on my finger, I'm massaging. I got a speedboat concert, cause I massage. I come and do about a whole kind of large. I be massaging. I be massaged. I'm coming through with Cadillacs and massaging. Yeah, both some constantly massaging. I got GPS, I be massaging. I catch croaker fish, cause I'm massaging. I like a macaroni plate, I be massaging. Even oodles and noodles, I be massaging. Try out the ghetto, cause I'm massaging. I got ice around my neck, cause I'm massaging. Or even gold teeth, I massaging. A pinky ring iced out, cause I'm massaging. I got a hundred million dollars, I be massaging. I got ten. I be massaging. I got a thousand dollars. I be massaging. I got twenty-two cent and be massaging. I take a penny and be massaging. I say a shorty girl fat. I be massaging. Your big two. I be massaging. I be massaging. I be massaging. I got a GPS stern with massaging. Whole share road chain be massaging. I got a Uzi. I be massaging. I got a twelve gauge pump. I massage. I got a hundred thousand. I massage. Ain't broke, I be massaging. I stay paid, I be massaging. I stay late, I be massaging. I hit the poop all night cause I'm massaging. She wanna come through loaded and massage. Whole cheese, we massage. Bad new posse constantly massage. Ain't no joke, I be massaging. Even the bacon and eggs, I be massaging. Huh? Polo shirts, Chateau Adidas, I be massaging. I love you, sweetie cake. Spin my record, let me give you the game On oh, how to get rich Take a penny And flip a penny Then 40 billion Huh, why? I be massaging What? Car stern wheel I be massaging The whole, the whole label Of the state free records In the VA Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.